Greetings, greetings across the globe. This is Born to Rain podcast with yours truly, Daz. I pray that everyone is doing well and awesomely mighty because we know that God is awesome in all that he does. Uh, tonight we got something this day, something a little different. We're going to tune into a teaching from Apostle Vernon Giles. Bless the Lord for the word that he will give. And we're just going to yield ourselves to what he will speak through the Lord and, and through Holy Spirit tonight. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. on a level that has simply been amazing. Um, there's a couple of names I have for him. Um, uh, recently, I've discovered that he is, in fact, uh, my hitter. Amen. Uh, he is such a great covering, such a great lover, and such a delightful friend. And I truly enjoy the ministry of this man of God. He is, uh, by far, one of my favorite amen apostles in the kingdom. And um, I'm very honored to not only behold who he is as a covering, but who he is as a prophet, as an apostle of the Lord. I get to receive of his manner uh, before anyone else. Um, he's just spectacular in all that he does. And I do appreciate how the Father considered me and considered him and decided they are, in fact, suitable. And the Lord set it for one another, and he set such vision upon us, and it has been pleasing to the decision of the Father to bring two hearts that were in separate states together, and now he has developed what we call love. Amen? So I want to and introduce to others uh, the wonderful, uh, loving husband, who goes by the name and title, Apostle Vernon L. Giles, he has junior. He has a unique anointing, and it is very authentic, but it will shift your entire life. Let us receive him as he comes. Apostle, are you there? Amen. Amen. Blessings to you, beloved. Yes, sir. Amen. I appreciate that, baby. Great introduction. Amen. Amen. God is good. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Blessings to you all. Um, I thank God for just uh, being on the call with you all. Uh, this is such a dynamic call. If you've never been on, um, you're going to be in for a treat. Uh, there's so many dynamic and powerful women of God um, that is a part of the call um, that God uses greatly to minister to your needs, uh, to minister to your heart and see the intricate and the private places in your heart that needs to be tended to that maybe others do not see. And of course, it is uh, headed by, um, I believe, the most dynamic prophet and apostle uh, as far as women go that I've ever met, and that is my queen, Apostle and Diane. And so I, I, I thank God for your ministry, uh, for your love, for being my wife, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Uh, I see we have some callers in queue. I won't be long. Um, so uh, I'll get right to it. Saints of God, amen. Uh, my ministry, for the most part, is called R&D. Um, it stands for Research and Development. Now, that may sound familiar to you because most businesses 
which is classified as a research and development, um, which is basically designed to research uh, troops to develop into certain things as far as even technology-wise where they can improve their company, their organization. Unfortunately, with the body of Christ and in the kingdom of God, you don't see that. And so that's what my ministry is designed to do, to research historical truths that maybe we have missed, but also to develop into the new aspects where in dimensions of where God ultimately wants us to go as a people. Uh, many would say that uh, the revelations that I get and the wisdom that I give, that I am uh, ahead of my time, but uh, I find out that uh, I am right on time. and. I'm right on time in God's eyes because the truth is that man, we as man are behind time, is the truth, the saints of God, that we are behind time. And as apostles and prophets, God has called us and commissioned us to redeem the time, to speed it up to the place where we need to be, where we need to be. And so one of the things I wanna speak on that I believe is necessary to get us to that place is truth because the father desires to cause us to experience a liberality in him that many times we do not experience because of religion because of false teachings false doctrines and so uh, i want to speak on the time that's been allocated to me about the spirit of truth um you have to forgive me because i'm a little bit in a what God is doing in my life. What is he he's revealing to me, what he's disclosing to me. But there's another part of me that's heavy and it's a little bit disappointed about where it is that I've come from and what I've come out of and what I've dedicated my life to that a lot of times wasn't what it really appeared to be. Um, the way I would classify this is that I remember when I was uh, in the streets, you know, many of my partners, you know, and I, we would, our thing was females, you know, we loved to holler at females, that was the thing, you know, we did the, the, the marijuana thing, we did the alcohol thing, going to clubs and all that, but, but females was our main focus. And so a lot of my partners would be, would be classified as a player. You know, they would have a girlfriend, but they would play around on their girlfriend with other women. Um, because the whole point of the player is to be able to play around without getting caught, without the individual you're playing around on actually realizing that there's games being played around on them. I was different though. I wasn't the type that was the player. I was what you would classify as a gamer. A gamer is different than a player because a gamer is the type of individual that runs game on a female to the point where they can just get the female to accept how the game is going to be played. I would lay out the terms and conditions, how, what I wanted, and I just would persuade them to basically accept what it is that I wanted. With the player, because the whole thing was to play around without knowing that a game is being played, a lot of my partners would use a different name, they would act a different way, use a different identity, but with me, the gamer, I, I didn't do any of that because I wanted to be my authentic self, use my own name because I felt like if by doing that, 
that was so forth that my game was that much stronger by me being my authentic self and being able to convince them of what it is that I wanted. Well, beloved, uh, I, I say that because, you know, I've been sold out into the things of God since uh, the end of 2003. So it's coming up on 15 years now. And what's been unfortunate is that the reason why I'm in that place of disappointment is because I've seen much of the spirit of the player in Christianity, in the church, in the body of Christ, and not really the spirit of the gamer that speaks of authenticity, that speaks of being able to see what are really the terms and conditions so therefore we can make an informed decision, you know? Um, I mean, think about it, beloved. If you knew from firsthand experiences, you know, encounters rather, if somebody came to you and automatically laid out everything that was wrong with them, would you still connect with them? You know, if you knew that that church that you attended, that the pastor has a tendency to not just sleep with other women in the church, but also sleep with other wives of married spiritual sons in the church, would you still have attended that? You know, if you went to that organization or that church and realized that at the end of the day, they really were just trying to manipulate you to get money so therefore they can get rich, would you still want to be a part of it? And what's unfortunate is that, you know, we haven't seen or been allowed to see that authentic, that authenticity of what we call church in Christianity. We've seen the facade. We've seen the performance. And so I ask you a question, um, because this question is necessary. Is what you believe about God or the things of God do you know that to be true? Or is it just what you believe is true? Is what you believe about God, do you know that to be true? Or is it just what you believe to be true? And then, concerning the truth, do you have a loyalty to the spirit of truth or to what you believe is truth? See, this is important, beloved, because many would say, well, well, apostle, isn't it supposed to be a faith walk? You know, are we supposed to live by faith anyway, not by sight? But to use faith as an excuse for ignorance, it shows that we're ignorant towards faith. Because faith doesn't make something true. Faith is a conviction of what is true. There's a difference. Faith doesn't make something real. It will declare what is real. But it doesn't make something real. And many times what we, we believe about God is not necessarily based on what we know to be true. But it's what it is that we believe or have been taught to be true. And so for the last 15 years of my life, you know, I've given myself to a lot of things that I thought was true. But I've come to a place now through my own study, my, my, my own meditation my own intimacy with God and realizing that a lot of things we believe was true is not really true at all. For example, you may believe that the word of God as we've been taught says that it's line upon line, precept upon precept, you know, here little, there little, you know, that the word of God is line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. But did you know 
that where it says that in scripture that God was actually referencing that because there were prophets and priests that were getting drunk and because of their drunkness they were speaking to the people on behalf of God line upon line precept upon precept here a little there a little and because of their drunkness God was letting them know that this is how the people are going to hear me they're not going to hear me clearly they're going to hear me here a little there a little and as a result God brought judgment upon them because they were speaking from a place of drunkness of line upon line precept upon precept here a little there a little do you know that the Bible that we believe is the incorruptible word of God, that it was created by a ruler by the name of Constantine, and he assembled a consensus of 300 bishops. Actually, there was more than that. There was at least a thousand, but only 300 plus came. And out of these 300 bishops, bishops, they had a consensus. They had a deliberation, an argument, a debate. And they decided which books that they were going to keep in the Bible and which books they were going to exclude. Why is that important? Well, according to the very Bible that we read, that we believe in, do you realize that the office of a bishop, not taking anything away from bishops or talking negative about bishops, but according to the very Bible that we read, the office of a bishop it's not what's classified as the ascension gifts from God. That's right. It's not an apostle. It's not a prophet. It's not a pastor. It's not a teacher. It's not an evangelist. You see, those offices that I just named are things that you are born with. It's based on your identity that God has given you because of the purpose that you have in life. But according to scripture, the office of a bishop says it's a desire. Scripture says, if you desire to be in the bishop, then there's certain qualifications you must meet in order to be a bishop. You don't see qualifications to be a prophet, to be a teacher, to be a pastor, to be an evangelist, an apostle. Why? Because it's what you're born with. It's part of your DNA. So you mean to tell me that the very scripture that says God does nothing unless he first reveals it to apostles and prophets that the God we believe is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That now he's going to change and not have any apostles and prophets, but have a, three, a consensus of 300 bishops come together and they decide what books that they're going to keep in the Bible and what books they're going to exclude. And then the books that's in the Bible actually mentions other books that they excluded, like the book of Jasher, the book of Enoch, that's referenced in the Bible, but wasn't actually included in the Bible. Books that the old saints actually used to live by and live after that we do not have. Is what you believe about God, do you know that to be true? Or is it just what you believe? to be true. I found out, saints of God, see, I've come to find out, saints of God, that God never wanted us to be governed by a book. So many times I will ask people, 
Tell me about God. What is God like? Just to see where they're at. And, and what's unfortunate, if I can use this analogy, is that it's kind of like, let's say you had parents and you had a sibling and your sibling wrote a book about your parents and I come and ask you what is your parents like and you say to me well it says here in my sibling's book that my parents are like this my parents are like that it says here in my brother's and sister's book that my parents are like this that my parents do that well, I'm going to look at you and be like, well, I understand that your sibling understands what your parents like. That's why they wrote the book. But I'm asking you to tell me, what is your parents like? And unfortunately, when I look at the body of Christ and Christianity, that's what it is. When I ask people to tell me what is God is like, they say, well, it says here in my brother David's book that God is like this. It says here in my brother Peter's book that God is like that. Well, I understand that David knows what God is like. Peter knows what God is like. Paul knows what God is like. But I'm asking you to tell me, what is God like? What is your father like? What has he revealed to you intricately? What has he revealed to you personally? What has he spoken to you that he didn't speak to them? What is the spirit of truth and the intimacy you have with him or her? How do you classify the spirit of truth? It. What is the intimacy you have with him, the relationship you have with him to, to reveal to people out of the authentic relationship that he designed and molded for you to have with him? Not based on the book. Not based on another man's relationship that you live vicariously through. But what is the spirit of the living God saying to you? But see, with Christianity, we, we haven't done that. You know, it's been the spirit of the, the player where, you know, it's a, a performance. It's, it's a show. We, we, it comes off a certain way, but it's not really what it is. You know, it's not based on authenticity, which the true anointing of God flows through, which the true grace of God flows through. You know, I remember years ago, the father said to me, he says, Vernon, if you really want to know that you are truly living for me or just religion, he said, take away all your laws and see how you live. If you really want to know if you really are about me or just religion, take away all your laws and see how you live. Because if you didn't have a law that says thou shalt not steal, Thou should not kill. Thou should not lie. Thou should not fornicate. Thou should not commit adultery. Would you still keep those laws? Most people's relationship with God is not based off of the spirit of truth showing that this is divine truth. It's based on what we believe that has been taught to us or what we have read in the book. And even God had this problem with the children of Israel in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, that he told them that the fear you have toward me was taught by the precepts of men. 